Welcome to the BID Academy podcast, the place for entrepreneurs and service-based business professionals to learn new skills, systems, and processes in order to automate your business so you can grow your client database, hustle less, and earn more. Now, let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the BID Academy podcast. My name is Alex Thorik. I'm your host. Super excited to have you here as always. And in today's episode, I uh, want to interview someone special with a very special name, as uh, we just uh, talked about. Uh, his name is Mason McDonald. For over 20 years, small business owners and leaders seeking heightened clarity, confidence, and certainty have turned to Mason as their trusted guide. With a remarkable track record, Mason has empowered countless elite individuals to optimize their potential and that of their teams, enabling them to accomplish more and reach unprecedented levels of success. He is also an award-winning strategic coach and number one best-selling author. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you. It's uh, so we we met about uh, three weeks ago or so, maybe a month about, ago at a network. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we jump on a call and uh, talk a little bit to get to know each other basically and i really liked uh, everything that uh, that you do and there we go here we are recording the yeah we're recording this episode well before we'll dive in, into all the questions that uh, i have for you i wanted for you to introduce yourself to the audience and maybe share your backstory because you did share that with me on our previous call and i would like our audience to also get some details perfect um yeah, so I'll start, uh, I won't go back too far, but I'll go kind of when I started uh, in in my career. Uh, I was a financial advisor for about 15 years and actually retired from that and got tapped on the shoulder by other financial advisors to help them grow their practices. And a lot of them worked with small business owners, so they would introduce me to their clients. And then a lot of those small business owners also uh, wanted a little bit of what we offered. So we worked with them as well. And in a nutshell, we, um, just help small business owners, uh, gain clarity and certainty and confidence and help them increase their capacity to create and grow what they want. Um, what sets us apart from other strategic business coaches or coaches in general is we do something I call ad-libbing. And the ad-lib is an acronym that we came up with, which stands for Advancing Divine Love in Business. Because what we find stifles a business, keeps a business from growing, is fear. And Mm -hmm. fear is when we don't think we're going to get what we need. And if we can remember to love and accept ourselves in a deep way and love and accept the people that we work with and our clients, um... A lot of things open up. So we show our clients, you know, not just how to write their business plans and hold each other accountable, but how to really love on them and create a really attractive, compelling environment and high performance culture. Got it. Well, that's incredible, I should say. So you mentioned that you work with small businesses. So how how small or how big of a company would you take on? Well, I, uh, typically our, our world that we work with are 
Uh, it could be a solopreneur that's maybe generating half a million. Um, it could be a small team of 20 to 50 people that are generating 20 million. So that's kind of our bandwidth. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's most of the time, it's people that are in a service-based kind of a business. Uh, I have some manufacturers that I work with, but mostly it's service-based businesses. And it's um, where the service is something that the owner was good at doing for somebody else and they decided they could form a business of their own doing it and didn't recognize that to run a business there's a lot of stuff that goes on yeah with regards to leadership and really knowing the numbers and managing their own head trash along the way and so that's that's oh, yeah. what we get mindset come first that's what yes. uh, that's what we like to talk about uh during our boot camps because we, yeah. so we have the six week bootcamp where we basically bring people through, we kind of give them the entire blueprint on how they can build entire marketing processes and systems so they are, so they can remove themselves from it and automate it in a way. And the first module is mindset because we realized it doesn't matter how many strategies and the cool tips and tricks and tactics like in the world of marketing we're going to show, none of that will matter if people don't have the right mindset. Yeah, it's, we always say, and, and, you know, we didn't coin this. I think actually Tony Robbins was the first to say it, but, you know, 95% of the success or failure of any small business is the mindset of the owner, you know, and Henry Ford used to say, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. So we, we help people with thinking, you know, because it's thinking that solves problems and it's overthinking that creates them. And so we help people find their way to following their intuition and their gut and their authenticity and thinking just the right amount. Well, that's important, especially in today's world of uh, social media and all the noise uh, with all the information. I get bombarded all the time, even though I'm I'm doing it on a, on a daily basis pretty much. Yeah. So sometimes you just get into the social media platform to, let's say, work on a client, on a campaign. And you start seeing all these other different posts and sometimes it's just, it drags you in and it starts scrolling. Oh no, get it back to work. <laughs> so it does happen sometimes because sometimes people post really good, like really good content. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of wisdom online yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's hard not, uh, not to read it. Yeah. Awesome. So these days, uh, a lot of people at least in uh, People that I know, um, or again, all the posts that I see on social media, everyone is trying to scale their business. Everyone wants to grow, uh, which makes sense. You start the business, the next step, you want to hire other people so you can grow. And a lot of, I, I would say a good percentage, maybe like 70% of people um, want to get those A players. Mm. Everyone wants to work the best, but you can't, not everyone's going to get them. It's all at the top, I guess, the the golden rule, the 80-20, the Pareto rule. Pareto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the top companies will get those eight players. Do you have um, some kind of, a, I don't know, a blueprint, uh, something on how you can attract good team members? And I don't even want to call them employees because even in our case, like, I don't I don't call them employees. So it's, for me, it's always a team member. Yeah. Um, 
As a matter of fact, we have something we call an ASAP, which is not as soon as possible. It's an attraction strategy action plan. And in business, as a leader or an owner, uh, founder, we're always trying to attract the ideal talent, right? And so we have to get clear on who that is. And there's a saying that says, when we're clear, who we want will show up and only to the extent that we're clear. <laughs> we're clear on who the ideal partner is or team member is. Then we've got to ask ourselves as a leader, who do I need to be to be attractive to that person? And then take some inventory around who you're being moment to moment to moment, right? I need to be leaderful. I need to be compassionate. I need to be courageous. And it's not a fake it till you make it kind of a thing. It's an act as if kind of a thing uh -huh. because we're really always acting. It's just some of our act is by default when we go unconscious. So let's stay conscious and be mindful and set the intention of who we need to be in this next segment of our day, right? So like coming to this, this podcast, there is a certain way I want to be to be able to give value to you and your listeners, right? So I need to be on, I need to be resourceful. I need to be maybe clever and entertaining, not boring, right? So I'm in this segment, I'm going to be this certain way. But right before this call, I was with a client and I mean, I needed to be compassionate because it was a husband and wife business owner whose son came into the business and son now has like 40% of the business and has an addiction problem. And I had to have compassion while at the same time helping them understand what they really need to do uh -huh. to serve the other 28 employees that they have and lovingly take care of their son and support him as well. Right. So for me, it's all about who do we need to be? That's going to be the attraction factor. Once we are clear on what that is, then we can take inventory of, am I doing the things? Am I being the things? Do I have the things that are attractive to the people that I'm wanting to come into my organization? It's all about the energy. Yeah, I agree. And I guess in this case, also living by example. Mm-hmm. Yes, being the exemplar. Got it. So then when you start hiring all those people, or let's say you, you start looking at, I don't know, you have 20 people for the specific position and you're trying to find the ones that uh, will be a good fit in your company, what would you say the top three or five things that you would look at? Are uh, they like... Uh, are there specific, because what I've noticed, what works really well for me, specific, uh, for example, um, when I do something, I'm trying to create different frameworks. So let's say, I don't know, if there is a campaign that we want to launch, I'm going to look at that framework and then we'll see, we'll, we'll see that thing, if we can check out all the boxes. So if we can do that, then in that case, we are going to go forward with that, whether it's a campaign, a new business opportunity, whatever it is. So is there something like uh, like that, like a checklist? 
Well, sure. For for each position in the organization, we're going to have criteria, if you will, of skill sets that are needed. So if we can check that, that's great. But what we really look for is, rather than just skill set, is will set. Uh This is what is at the core of a person. This is something that, you know, we can't teach them at this point in their life typically, right? This is something they got from, you know, their parents, their siblings, uh, maybe the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or a coach or a teacher that they may have had. It's it's when they were um, valuable, if you will, in their character. And so we're looking for good character, right? Honesty, integrity. And by integrity, what we mean is a good capacity to do things, an ability, but the doing of what they're capable of. Because when we're doing what we're capable of, we're in integrity with ourselves to the degree that we're not doing what we know we're capable of doing. We're fractionalized. And it's to the degree this gap exists that we're unhappy. Unhappy people are not productive people. Uh So we want people that know how to know what to do, but also know how to get themselves to do it. And it's a lot easier to recruit that it's like if we're recruiting for a basketball team okay i'm not going to recruit somebody that's not very tall because i can't i can't train tall i can't train speed you either got it or you don't but i can teach you moves all day long right i can teach you how to work better with your team all day long but there's certain inherent innate things that you know, we look for for you to have already. What do you say values play a big role in that? Uh, yeah, and, and we take it even one step further. It's it's having the right order or hierarchy of values. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because let's face it, most people have very similar values, but yeah. it's not in the same order, right? You and I might both have... Um, uh, you know, adventure as a value. We also might have safety as a value. But if your safety is number one and adventure is number two, and my number one is adventure and my number two is safety, we're going to live an entirely different life. We're going to perform differently. So it's really a matter of knowing the hierarchy of values that are the right fit for a given position. Give you an example. My salespeople right? I want them wired a certain way where maybe they leave a little bit of chaos in their wake because they get things done, right? Not crossing the line, right? I don't want them breaking any laws. <laughs> you know, they need to be moral and ethical and, and legal. Now, for my accountant or my chief financial officer, I don't want them taking a lot of risks. I want them to keep me and my business out of jail. Right. So they're going to look at things much differently than the salesperson might. You know, salesperson gets impatient with the accounting department. The accounting department, you know, thinks that the salespeople are a bunch of buffoons. That's okay. They each have a purpose to serve based on their values. Interesting. So it really depends on the department or 
or specifically that person. Yeah. Okay. You know, as long as their as long as their heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. right? You know, the old line is, um, you know, pardon my French, but don't take any shit and do no harm. You know, you get to have boundaries. You get to say, you know, who what you stand for. And you can still be kind to people. You can still do the right thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree on that. It is important because sometimes people like to to talk, behind, especially behind the back. But then that's a, that's a different story. I wanted to circle back a little bit. So when yeah. we were talking about the mindset and you were saying that um, you teach people, well, not specifically teach people, but help them think properly because sometimes people like to overthink. And what I wanted to ask, what is the biggest mistake that you see professionals make uh, on a daily basis when they go through their days? Well, it kind of depends on what level you want to have that conversation. Um, let's say let's say a small business, a service-based business owner, um, a solopreneur. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of things to do. There was a lot of things on their plate. Yep. Well, for a solopreneur, the biggest mistake I find most solopreneurs make, or you know, I call them micro businesses. You know, if they maybe have a staff or you know a couple people, um, the biggest thing I find is they're always looking for something new and adding in more. What I find really works is limiting or eliminating what's not working, find out what is working, and double down on what's working. Uh-huh. Okay. And this is usually around like revenue generation, right? Because most people that, you know, kind of come knocking on my door, and I think probably on your door, are people that are looking for ways to generate more leads, close more sales, and have more cash flow. Yeah. Right. That's it. And yeah. And so, you know, they've made some money. So let's look for the clues. Where did, you know, where did you get your last 10 clients? Oh, well, I got it from, you know, a networking event and, um, you know, knocking on doors. Okay. Well, what are you doing trying to sign up for this thing over here, this thing over here? Go do more of that until you get to that level of where you kind of scale that per se. Then, bring in something else right but most start to stack all this stuff and they just they get all tangled up in all the stuff they have going on yeah it does make sense there's a reason why people say uh you don't need to reinvent the wheel if it works right you know probably not but is it gonna you know pay the mortgage and allow you a little more cash flow to bring somebody else on yes well, that's what, uh, I guess that's what really matters, doing the boring work because nobody wants to do it. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's what it is, like the daily mundane in a way, but you still have to do it. Like even even in our case, we, yes, we help creating all the systems and processes just to make their life a little easier to automate processes. Um, but at the same time, they still need to put in the work. Otherwise, yeah. The whole system's not going to work. Yeah. You know, in his book, Getting Things Done, David Allen says, it's only through the mundane that we achieve the sublime, right? And, you know, the the world I came from, like financial services, right, mm-hmm. before I started my coaching business, 
you know, we, we had to smile and dial to get clients and, you know, I hated every moment of it and yet I knew the importance of it. And it was, it's like putting a brick in this wall of this cathedral, you know, it's brick by brick by brick. I had to do that. And I knew if I didn't make those calls and have those conversations and ask for referrals and get the referrals and then call the referrals, you know, all that kind of mundane stuff, I wouldn't have a business. But because I did that routine and I made it systematic, it got done. And, you know, the thing to think about is think of systems as save yourself time, energy, money. Uh -huh. so if there's an area that you're wasting time energy or money, that's a good indication you need a system of some kind. And it might just be a three-point checklist is the system. What systems you mentioned um, that you were in the financial world before you started your coaching business? Because we, we do have, so we do have people from, I know that in the audience, um, we have quite a few people in the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. um, insurance industry, real estate, mm -hmm. financial side of them. Others are like gym and spa. So again, service local, service-based business. What would you say work the best for you? Uh, as far as generating? As far as generating uh, clients, I would say, or lead projects and clients. Yeah. Um, well, in a nutshell, what worked best for me was being human, being likable. Now, with that being said, I had to show up so people mm -hmm. could see me, right? So my, my way of marketing myself that worked best for me was getting involved in community. So I joined the Chamber of Commerce, got to know people, eventually got invited to be on the board, eventually got voted into being president. Um, I write an article for our local paper around business and things of that nature. So that gets me exposure. Um, joining a networking group, just like how we met. Uh -huh. and here we are, you know, so we know that works. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I do have a book that I've written. It's called 88 Tactful Marketing Tactics. And I'd be happy to make a link available for your listeners. Sure. Yeah. We'll uh, load it. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely add it to, to the description. Yeah, and you know, no upsell, no bait and switch. Just good, you know. Look at these eighty-eight different things that you can do to generate leads. Pick ten of them that you think might be a good fit for you, because they're not going to be a good fit for everybody. And then just work those ten, and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's what matters. I guess focusing on uh, the specific ways of either attracting clients or because um, we 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 like to teach. Um, this one, one, one rule mm. where we, where the business would take, let's say one ideal client, one offer and one traffic source. Okay. So as a traffic source, it could be anything. It could be social media. When we talk about social media, it could be either LinkedIn or only Facebook, only Instagram and just master that. So mm -hmm. it could be again, organically, or it could run at, or it could be, as you said, networking events or knocking on doors. I'm sure that still works to you. Oh, networking events do work a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what 
we've noticed works the best so far because there's again there's a lot of noise there are so many different ways on how you could get uh how you could market yourself yeah yeah i I love that one 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 you know um and and it's it's like anything we we have to know our numbers right not just our profit and loss and our cash flow and so forth but know like for me in my business and for most of my clients that are in a service-based business we know i need 10 suspects right people that i suspect could be a client to have conversations when i reach out to those 10 i know that three will say sure let's go have a coffee or let's jump on a zoom and of those three one of them will eventually become a client so for me like 10 3 1 and then layering that on top of what you were talking about like what are you know what's the channel how am i going to do this uh-huh works beautifully because now the job of me getting 10 names into my system which basically equates to like two new names every day i know and my clients know if they get two new names into their system every day over the course of a year they'll have enough clients at the end of the year to make the money that they want to make and if we know the numbers, then we can start to tweak things here and there. We can get better and better and better. Yeah, I love it. It is, it is a numbers game. I like. Um, I don't remember who said. I, I saw it somewhere. I think somewhere online. Um, but he said, "What can be measured can be improved." Yeah, I've I've heard what gets measured gets done. It is not. Yeah. So I guess it was like a, another variation of of this quote. Then. Yeah. Another another line that I've heard is inspect what you expect, you know, so constantly look at your numbers. Yeah. So when, let's say when we talk about the numbers, how do you usually, um, let's say when you work with your clients and they have their yearly goal, how do you usually break it down? Uh, well... Yeah, so what we'll look at is what's the the average revenue per engagement with a client. So for just the sake of round numbers, you know, if they want to make a hundred thousand and they make a thousand dollars for every engagement, we know they need a hundred clients over the course mm-hmm. of the year. Then if they need a hundred clients over the course of the year, and we know that they need actually a thousand names into their system to yield those hundred now it's a matter of like okay how are we going to do that what's the plan and so then we chuck it up into you know we look at the 88 marketing tactics and we say okay we like social media so you know what's our campaign around that we like networking we're going to get a little bit from networking we like you know publishing articles or you know getting involved in community might be forming a joint venture with somebody. Um, You know, there's all kinds of different things. We actually have a, a, a program that we run our clients through. We look at 40 different areas that they can generate revenue. Uh And then, so we run through that and then that helps us create the plan. And we create a one, basically a one page plan, business plan that becomes their, their, their game sheet or game plan. And then that way they know every day what the mundane is, 
right? I got to make this many calls. I got to do spend this much time on social media or have my team do this on social media, right? A lot of it's not how to do it. It's who to do it, right? Because mm-hmm. we have so much bandwidth ourselves, yeah. you know? And most people, right, it's them and their 10 assistants, <laughs> you know? So we have to be mindful of how we chunk up their day because, you know, you get, you get good at this pretty soon. Your day is filled with meeting clients, you know, and you can't take your foot off the accelerator of business development. Mm-hmm. So that's where the systems come in. Yeah. The business development part, I guess, never stops. Right. Marketing slash business development. Yeah. But I love how you break it down pretty much backward. Because that's that's how that's how we look at things. So we, like in our case, we look at the entire year. We set the call, whether it's the number of clients or the revenue, and then we break it down to monthly. Well, yep. first of all, quarterly, then monthly, then weekly, and then daily. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what we do too. Is we, awesome. we like to think of it this way, Alex? Is there there's two people in inside of us as a business owner? There's the thinker the strategist, and then there's the doer. And what happens oftentimes, if we don't block the world away and think, do some deep thinking, some deep work in formulating and thinking about how to build our business or grow our business, we're going to be very reactionary in our day. But if we block the world away, build a plan, and then give that plan to us on that day where we don't have to think, we just have to execute because the thing was already done, right? So I was like, okay, I need to make 10 dials today. I need to do this many social media posts today. You know, it's Thursday. I need to write my article today for submission, right? So what are those action items, those business building blocks that need to go into my day around all of my client appointments, right? Am I asking for referrals? Am I doing what I need to be doing to be referable? All of that gets in there. And now if I tell myself, here's what we need to do and how you need to be on Monday. As a matter of fact, we theme our week. We call it Marketing Monday, Touch Base Tuesday, Working Wednesday, Thinking Thursday, and Follow Up Friday. Because we know those are the areas that we have to stay focused in throughout the week. And there's specific activities associated to it. I love it. Could you repeat it once again? How are you bring it down? Sure. Marketing Monday. Yeah. Touch base Tuesday. Uh-huh. Thinking Thursday. Working Wednesday. Going back and forth there. And then follow up Friday. And and where the real magic in all of that, Alex, is when things come at us, we evaluate it. Right? What is it? What does it mean to me? And what am I supposed to do with it? And what happens for most people is it looks and feels urgent, like I got to do it right now. And it becomes the shiny lure. It pulls me off my game. But if it's, let's say, something that has to do with marketing, rather than me burning up brain cells thinking about what to do with it right now, because it's, say, Friday, I park it on to Monday's to-do list or Monday's calendar because it's marketing Monday. And so all my brain on Monday is all around marketing. My brain on Tuesday is all around touching base with clients and former clients and prospects. 
Wednesday, I'm nothing but client interfacing or presenting. Thursday is my deep work. It's creative. It's thinking. So if there's something I need to think about or create, it gets parked onto Thursday. That is right for follow-up. Yeah. It, it, you know, I'll tell you, I, I borrow David Allen's line again from getting things done. He says the reason he's so efficient is because he's one of the laziest people he knows. <laughs> right? He's figured out ways to optimize not working so hard. Right. So I do the same thing. And for me, that's where I came up with this theming of the week. And my clients, they all have different kinds of themes because they're different types of businesses. Yeah, the the laziest person is the most efficient. I've heard that uh, multiple times, and I guess that is true. People just find ways to to do things faster. Yeah, that's amazing. I've never never heard anything like this before. You mentioned um, so when when you were sharing this, uh, you mentioned shiny object syndrome. A lot of people do uh, the shiny shiny object syndrome. A lot of yep. entrepreneurs these days have that issue. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say that I'm that perfect and I don't look at other things, but a lot of people cannot finish, let's say they start a project, they work on it for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, yep. let's say six months, things don't work, uh, they don't work out the way they want to, and they decide to go to the next thing. What would you suggest for those type of people to do? instead of jumping into that next thing, is there something that they can still do with, with the current thing? <laughs> because there yeah. are way too many opportunities and all these videos that show up on social media and ads on YouTube and everywhere, I'm sure you've seen them um, as well, where you have, I don't know, you, you can do real estate or you can do stocks or now you can do uh, crypto. Uh, there are a lot of things. I'm not going to dive into all of them. Yeah, it's so... And again, I, I can be that person that, you know, Ooh, this, look at this, look at that. You know, the, the, what we have to be aware of is two things. One is the reason people get distracted by those things is the fear of missing out on something. They think they're, they're going to not be able to optimize something. We know that's not really true. It's just, it's a made up thing that the ego or the gremlin does to keep us safe. Uh -huh. So if we can, number one, recognize we're not going to miss out on anything, right? And this, this takes it to a higher consciousness, if you will, in knowing that whatever is meant for us is not going to pass us by. If we're meant for something or we're destined for something, it will stay in our peer view. That's number one. Number two is what happens for a lot of people is the feeling of being out of control. And so if we're out of control or we don't know what to do with the project that we're working on, we'll go to something to give us a sense of being in control. We can control this, right? Yeah. We can keep rolling. That's in our control, <laughs> you know, but it's not the right thing for us in the moment. Now, with that being said, what we have to really understand is what is our vision with our business, right? Where are we headed over the next three to five years and what do we want it to look like when we get there? And what's our mission? In other words, what do we do so well that can affect others so profoundly that only we can do it? 
And that's our mission. That's why we're here. And then what we have to do is use that as our acid test for those shiny lures. In other words, is this shiny lure in alignment with my vision and my mission? Does it support it? In other words, does it contribute to it or does it contaminate it? Most often, it's a contamination. So we have to say no. And a friend of mine, Rich Lipton, he's, he uses two circles, like a Venn diagram that overlap. Uh-huh. And one that says yes. Actually, it says hell yes. And the other says hell no. And he asks, you know, the, the, the piece here is when you see that shiny lure, is that going to contribute to my vision and my mission? And if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. But most people don't know the distinction and they just spend their time in the middle, which is just hell. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's about getting clarity. Yeah, wow. And, and also it's about, you know, sometimes we need to give ourselves a little budget for it. You know what? I'm going to give myself maybe 30 minutes a day to go chase a shiny lure. But I'm going to set a timer and at the end of that timer, you know, however far down I got the rabbit hole, that's how far I'm going to go. And I'm going to come back to what I need to be doing. Because sometimes there's just that itch that needs to be scratched. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, kind of the having that downtime, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing sometimes during lunchtime, especially when I have like a quick lunch by myself, just eat quickly, go through social media see whatever people are talking about or same thing with uh, other platforms. Yep. And that uh, does help. But I love yep. this. How and, do you then, know? Yeah. Yeah. Try that one out. That that works brilliantly. The other piece too, um, to help our, your listeners here, is manage your environments. Right? Because if I've got, you know, my phone right here, it's real easy for me to jump on there and find the shiny lures. If my email, you know, if there's a lot of rings, pings, dings, and other things going off in my environment, uh-huh. it's hard for me to invoke my willpower. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose to the environment every single time as a human being here on planet Earth. And I'm not any different than anybody else. The people that are brilliant at avoiding distractions, manage their environment to keep the distractions out. Right? Think about it. If you have a project you have to get done, go take only the tools you need to get that project done off to, uh, out to an offsite where you're not distracted from any of the piles or files in your office or if you work from home, it does like, oh gosh, I really need to do my laundry when you really don't, you know, get the distractions out of the environment so that they can't tempt you, you know? Yeah, that, that was a real thing, especially during COVID. Sitting here, I had my little office and I knew that I have my sofa here, the fridge, so I can walk around and you go grab a snack and it does, uh, it does distract you. Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, if it, it for any uh, health coaches, you know, or people in, in physical fitness, you know, that, you know, rule number one 
is you don't bring junk food into the home, right? Because if it's not there, it's not a temptation. It's not a distraction. But if you've got this craving for things that are crunchy and salty and you got a bag of chips, you know, you can do all the rationalizations you want. Next thing you know, your hand's in the bag and it's almost empty. So manage the environment. Yeah, I can't, can't agree more with you on that. Well, so many golden nuggets, guys, take notes. I, I already took my notes. And make sure to listen to this episode once again. Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you. Um, really value your time because, as I like to say, time is the most valuable uh, source that we have. And I appreciate you sharing your time with me and with, with everyone. Well, Alex, I appreciate you and I appreciate your listeners. And just a quick reminder to everybody that's listening to advance divine love in business. Take fear out of the equation and be who you really need to be. Awesome. Can you share with our listeners where they can find you? Um, sure. Uh, I'm on uh, social media, primarily LinkedIn is where I'm most active. So it's just Machen McDonald on LinkedIn and then our website probrilliance.com awesome we're going to add all that information in the description so you guys can uh, go ahead and uh, follow and check out the website and also we're going to um, add the link to that ebook right yes. yeah awesome awesome well thanks a lot once again and i'm um, looking forward to having you another time thank you very much alex this was great Thank you for listening. If you found this content valuable, it will mean the world to us if you subscribe and share your favorite episode with your friends. Also, leave a review and let us know what you think about our podcast and what you'd like us to cover next. If you want to build a marketing machine that will bring you qualified leads on a daily basis, head over to bidacademypodcast.com slash roadmap and download our nine-step roadmap that will help you automate your day-to-day tasks and get those qualified leads so you can hustle less and earn more. Once again, go to bidacademypodcast.com slash roadmap.